What do you think of that coffee? It tastes like mud. Yeah? That is mud. Ladies and gentlemen, Eric drinking mud coffee on the studio corner. Jesus. <laughs> We're recording. That is strong. <laughs> and it's muddy. Yeah. That's... And grainy. Are you getting that in your mouth right now? <clears throat> yeah. That's Armenian it, coffee. It tastes good. It's almost like hot chocolate, but coffee flavored. Yeah, your that's heart's going to start beating. It. Your heart's going to start beating really wow. fast. Well, I'd be worried if it wasn't beating. Well, so you, that's good. Yeah, you're such a shit. <laughs> beating heart. Well, dude, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for uh, finally making out here. Thank you so much for you've having been, me. You've been in the studio one too many times to not be on the show. Yeah, God, at least a hundred times. A hundred times, really? Times yeah. more than that, you know? Yeah. 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 One day a week, two days a week. Four years. Has it been? No. Three years. No. It's, it's got to have been at least three years. What the hell have we been doing? Playing music. Yeah, there you go. And not recording podcasts. And not recording. Well, now Together. we're recording podcasts. I know. This is the first time. In these fresh new mics. Fresh new mics. Anybody listening, if you notice a nice fresh difference, it's Hello. because we have really good mics. Welcome not- <laughs> to the great mics on the Studio Corner Podcast. You know, if all else fails, you can go into that. You can take <clears> over that guy's job. The preview, yeah. the preview job. Give yeah. Me, give me a preview. One man. One man in a world <laughs> full of horror. <laughs> full of horse. <laughs> Horses everywhere. Horses. <laughs> Welcome to Old Agora. <laughs> All right. You sexy, sexy beast. You are what I'm going to call my professional on metal music. Okay. You, anytime I listen to a band and I'm just like, this is metal, but then they're like, someone's like, no, this is this type of metal, that's that type of metal. I'm like, I have no fucking idea. I know that this is metal because I call it metal. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. A dude like you drinking that little tidy cup of coffee is, is pretty great. Yeah. This is a good image. I wish everyone could see this. I mean, I like the professionalism of the cups and how it's presented as it's well. It's Armenian coffee. Yeah, well, I mean, we could have been drinking out of a giant coffee mug, you know, but... I've actually made, like, American coffee style, like, put it in the filter and like that with this type of coffee grounds. Yeah. That will hurt you. So just so everyone listening can understand what's going on right now, (laughs) um, we are both drinking Armenian coffee, which we stated at the beginning of this podcast. What you don't know is that this coffee is in a two-inch tall mug... Um, that would be perfect for a toddler. It's an espresso, espresso, uh, also called an espresso cup. <laughs> and this espresso cup, espresso, as es- espresso, is uh, strong. But anyway, the whole point of my story is these are like antique espresso cups, and it's also on a little tray as well. It's very professional. Thank so you. I just want you all to know. This is a professional this, experience. We're drinking this professionally as we're doing this. So. Drink, is there a way to drink it unprofessionally? Yeah, I mean, out of a plastic cup or something. Maybe you know? a straw. Yeah, with a straw. <laughs> a paper straw. Oh, God. I know. I hate paper straws. I hate paper straws so much. They should be banned. Yeah. And they're useless. And I feel like it's now we're just wasting trees. I feel like just if you don't want to use a straw, just open the top and drink it like a normal person. Yeah. But paper straws just make it hard on everybody. I'm just going to buy my own straws and carry them in my car. They have those. They have reusable straws. They like bend and fold into your pocket. It's kind of gross, to be honest. No, I mean just like a pack of straws. I mean, there's that too. That's yeah. very wasteful as well. But it's not about waste. It's like I need to be able to suck the liquid 
out of the cup. That's what she said. Out of the cup (laughs) and get it into my mouth and then ingest it. And that's what a straw is for. And that's what a straw is for. Cole Webster's. (laughs) Straw. Straw. I need to be able to suck the liquid into my mouth. Yeah. (laughs) With with good suction. With good suction. That's the problem with paper straws. There is not good suction. And with that poor suction ratio... It is a very bad time. We need to start a YouTube channel of you reviewing the weirdest things. Yeah. And let the world know, because you have a very subtle way of doing it. Yeah. And we'll Not do, subtle at we'll all. We'll start with paper straws. Paper straws. And, uh, you know, we can do all sorts of things. Paper straws. Which leads me to my next point. <laughs> Hardcore. Um, Sorry, I just went on a deep, deep mental breakdown of uh, paper straws in my head just now. Um, so, I want to know how you got so hardcore. Hardcore in what sense? You're a hardcore motherfucker. One, you're 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 heavy drummer. You know, we know that fucking incredibly talented drummer. Uh, I mean, I know a little bit, little bits and pieces of your past and your history, but I mean, you're a hardcore dude. You go to fucking heavy shows. You do hardcore shit. You've always done hardcore shit, like. How did you get there? What, what what was the beginning? What was it? Was it like, you know, you were a teenager, you were part of the scene, or you just came out of the womb, you're like, give me some drumsticks, I want to stab someone? Like, Perfect. Yeah, so. <laughs> Perfect, as in that's what happened. Let's start off it. with what I listened to when I was a young child. Young child is what? Young child, uh, I don't know, three, four. Oh, shit, okay. Maybe even younger than that. Um so, you know, as, as children, we listen to what our parents listen to. Okay. We don't have a choice. Like, their music is on, and we are listening to it. Our brains are sponges. We are soaking it in. And children dance, mm. you know? And there are videos of me dancing to Michael Jackson. Oh, my God. I, I would pay to watch kid, this. When I was tiny. Yeah, <laughs> tiny. And uh, an artist called Stacy Q. Um, and anyway, so... You know, a lot of my music that I listened to when I was younger was influenced by my parents. Um, so growing up, I loved Michael Jackson, uh, The Police, The Moody Blues, you know, just like bands like that that my parents listened to. And um, as I got older, I started finding new music from the radio and MTV and, you know, music that friends would, you know, show me. Things like that. So, I mean, I went from listening to, you know, Michael Jackson. We can't even discount the Spice Girls. I mean, they made it in there. Who didn't have a crush on the Spice um, Girls? Dude, Hanson, you know. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, I, I listened to all, like, cheesy, poppy music. Loved it. Um, then as I got older, I started getting to more punk rock and you know this is early Green Day. Oh man, uh, how old were you when, you when this happened? When this happened, Green Day was like fifth or sixth grade. Oh my god! So that means I was in fifth and sixth grade. You were young. E- shit. Eleven. 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 Um. Yeah. 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 <laughs> One kid. One kid. Punk music. Michael so, Jackson. <laughs> so, you know, went from all that stuff to, you know, kind of punk rock, uh, The Offspring, um, Sum 41. I think Sum 41 was a little later, but I mean, just those classic punk rock bands. Um, and then from there, 
I think I really didn't get into metal until I was in junior high. I feel like that's where a lot of us kind of discovered yeah. the heavy shit. And that's when... Testosterone kind of kicked in. Hormones started picking up. It's like, oh, this is heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is fucking heavy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think one of the first heavy albums that I was introduced to... I remember it was like kind of at the same time, too. Both of these albums came out. The first System of the Down album. <gasps> System of a Down. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. Down album. With Spiders. Oh my god. And the first Slipknot album. Holy shit. Self-titled. Yeah. So you just got bitch slapped with heavy. Right, like I listened to rock, you know, like things like that. You know, I love Creed. It's James Hetfield fucked Chad Kroger and then gave birth to like a baby whose balls dropped way too early and you right. sing her to Creed. And it's funny because like when I listened to that when I was younger, I was like, yeah, this is heavy, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> Nickelback. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you remain me. Look at this photograph. When you look at it, it makes me laugh. <laughs> I don't like that you stare directly into my eyes when you see I was like serenading that. you, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> that's not serenading. That's, you, know what's, you know what's actually crazy is uh, Nickelback, for all the shit they got and they still get, they did a cover of Sad But True by Metallica. And it was actually one of the heaviest covers I've ever heard. That's it, amazing. I it need to almost to that. hurt to give them that credit, but I was like, you can't deny it. They fucking killed that cover. Before? No, this is like a few years ago. I forget oh, the whole cover subject that we're on right now, yeah. which I will get into later. Okay. One of the greatest covers I've ever heard in my life. I don't know if you're listening and you can hear my hand slapping the oh, table as I say this. Is Disturbs cover... Of the sound of silence. Oh. God, when I heard that, I was like, fuck, I have so much more of a respect for Disturb, who I love anyway. Yeah. But goddamn. Yeah, that, that's going to go down as one of the greatest covers ever in history. It's so well done. Like, top 10 best covers. It's so well done. It's incredible. And David Dray Draymond's voice, like, it was, so, it was made for those lyrics. Like, Simon and Garfunkel, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's great. It's a beautiful song. Like, it's totally... And they took it to this dark, deep level. But, like, there's so many metal singers that could have totally covered that song and fucked up those lyrics. Yeah. Because those lyrics aren't necessarily, like, easy to portray. His voice was just... Oh, it just so, rips your soul out of your soul fucking ripping. chest. It's soul-ripping. It's deep. It, it just pulls your emotions all over the place. And that's why I love music. is because a sound is essentially a vibration mm -hmm. in the air. Our ears pick it up, transfer it through our brain into sensations, and it makes me happy. Yeah. Good music, though. I hate country. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just slide that in there. Right. I actually was, uh, I was talking to Josh. He was on the podcast. You know, Josh. Was, yeah, Josh. Uh, we, I, was at the, I was at his shop the other day, and we were talking, and he made a really good point about speakers and like listening to music. He's like, a big, he said, a big reason why we have mental issues, mental health issues. He's like, uh, a theory is that back in the day when we listened to music, because everyone listens to music, we had to listen through speakers even at home, where magnets would push these sound waves into our body, mm -hmm. right? And the only time we get that now is when we're either in a studio with big speakers or at a concert. 
But now we have music just in these little earbuds in our ears where we can listen and our brain tells us what to, what to move to. But before, if we listen to speakers all the time, our bodies moved and it actually allowed our brain to enjoy freely and release those chemicals like you're talking about. Like it sends it to my brain and makes me feel good. Right. And it was, I mean, I, this was just said to me the other day and I just, it blew my fucking mind. I was like, there's a lot to be said about that. Well, look, dancing as a kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. I was in front of the speakers. It's physical. Like, yeah. It's crazy. My dad had big speakers. Oh, fuck yeah. My dad is a electrical engineer. Oh, wow. And he builds his own speakers, you know, and my dad likes rock music, you know, so he had all that stuff, all the sound equipment. And uh, I guess where I'm going with this, back to <laughs> the, the hardcore question before we get too far off topic and I forget my whole story <laughs> is it was it might have been my second year in junior high. <clears throat> But uh, one of my friends, you know, I told him I like Brock and whatever. And he's like, okay, you need to go and you need to get a Metallica album. Oh. And I was like, who's Metallica? Oh, my God. Which it, it hurts my feelings even saying this, you know, that I didn't know who they were. But, you know, my parents don't listen to metal. Um, they were pretty new at the time and progressive. And I think the Black album had just come out. And... Anyway, this guy goes, hey, go to the store and get a Metallica album. And I said, which one? He said, there's a couple. And I went to Borders back when they were still open. Oh, fuck yeah. Borders. And uh, I was flipping through the CDs, and I just picked one that looked cool. And I got Injustice for All. Oh, that was the first Metallica album you heard? That was the first Metallica I heard. I put the CD... In my fucking CD player, it's like a little radio CD player thing, you know. And I laid on my bed and I put it on, and I listened to the whole thing straight. And I just couldn't believe how fucking incredible that album was, and how I'd never heard of this band Metallica. Oh my god! And I was also in my head like Lars is the best drummer I've ever heard. Well, I mean, at that time, like yeah, he he was. was, He was one of the. He was leading. Yeah, I mean, it's just the whole album how heavy it was the lyrics uh just everything about it the beautiful solos yeah the guitar so tone ripping. on that album is one of the is one of the best yeah, guitar tones Kirk ever had. Hammett really just blew my mind Lars blew my mind James blew my mind yeah I think Jason was still in the yeah. band he blew my mind even though like you know bass is kind of hard to hear unless you're a bassist you know but uh god it was so good and I fell in love with Metallica from that moment and then I got the Black Album shortly after that oh, Jesus and that album blew my mind, and I loved it. And me and my best friend would just listen to it. And next thing you know, I have all the Metallica albums up to that point in time, which I think were the Black Album. And then I got Reload, or Load, and then Reload. Man, you were you were around for those. And ones, then huh? I got S and M. Oh, dude, which making, is a great album. They're doing it again, by the way. I can't wait. They they're doing two shows, S and M again. I can't wait. Yeah, I really like those albums. And then uh, anyway. From there, um, I got into Pantera. Yes! And Pantera to this day is one of my favorite bands of all time as well. Dimebag Daryl is the fucking king. Dimebag Daryl is the king. And Vinnie Paul is is one of my favorite drummers to this day. I know. Rest in in peace, man. He was was a fantastic drummer and just a good guy. I never met him, but I just think he's a good guy. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? We'll call it. He was a good guy. I'm going to call it, man. I don't uh, think anyone ever had anything bad to say about him. Yeah. At least in the music industry. And then I also got into Slayer. I didn't like them as much as Metallica or Pantera, but I like them. Same. They seemed a little sloppy to me. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't explain it. I'm more of a Lamb of God 
guy over the Slayer right. when it comes to that like heaviness of things. Right. Well, Lamb of God was years after this. I mean, we're still talking, uh, you know, 2002. I was a wee little baby. Yeah, wee no, little baby. I wasn't a baby. I was, I was like eight years old. Wow. Yeah. And so then I got into those bands, and then a little later in high school, my best friend who introduced me to the Black Album was now telling me about hardcore music. And that's when I got into hardcore music um, with bands such as Poison the Well, 18 Visions, and Hatebreed. I know Hatebreed. I'm very uneducated with all this stuff, as you've learned over the I loved hardcore because it took metal and kind of punk rock and put it into one genre. And it was heavy as fuck. It was brutal. And there was a lot more screaming and... You know, I don't know what they're saying. That hasn't, that had not come yet. That had not come yet. I I will get into that. I can't wait. I love that stuff. I know, you do that every day. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so, yeah, so I got into hardcore music, listened to a lot of hardcore music. Um, I hadn't really gone to any shows at this point in my life because. I think I like just got in a car, you know, I was finally, you know, independent. Yeah. My friends and I had cars and so Oh, and Thrice. Oh, there you go. I thrice. Know, yeah. Name drop. Yeah. <laughs> Name drop bit. when Thrice was good, by the way. <laughs> uh so my first show was at the Ventura Theater. Oh great. And I think I'd gone to some stupid concerts with my parents when I was younger, but yeah. I'm not going to even talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> like Wango Tango, it was like Britney Spears, NSYNC, you know. I actually have I a lot. I ran into Britney Spears' boyfriend today. I have a lot, Sam. <laughs> yeah. I have a lot more respect. Is he still dating her? I don't know. I just Yeah, we don't so. know. We just, when you see him, you're just like, oh, it's Britney Spears' boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years younger than her. No big deal. <laughs> anyway, like, it's funny though, because like if I had seen... Those bands now, I would have had a lot more respect. Yeah. But like as a kid, I was like, who the fuck are these clowns, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I saw Hootie and the Blowfish there, oh, too. Oh, there you go. And they were great. I've always loved Hootie. Darius Rucker. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Every know? singer can't sound the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, first show was at the Ventura Theater. It was Thrice, headlining, Poison the Well, and Darkest Hour. And it was just an epic show. I will never forget that show. I had such a good time. And I was like seeing three of my favorite bands all in the same show. So was that your first experience like with that like mosh pit kind of crazy scene? Yeah. How'd you feel? Like what was your first, uh, what was your first like feeling with that? Like well, how did you vibe with that? I was so young and I think I was probably high too at the time. How old um, were you at this? 17? I must have been 17 or 18. You smoked pot and then went to a metal concert. Oh, yeah. When in high school, after the age of 15, I was pretty much high every day. Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up in Santa Barbara. That's just what we did. Yeah. Well, it's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say what everyone else was doing because I know everyone else wasn't doing that, but that's what I was doing. And my friends, you know? Yeah. That's just, that was our thing. So I went to the show and I, it's the first time a hard, hardcore show. You know, I've seen emo kids. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Flipping their hair. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they all had their band shirts on and I went in and show started and I was having a great time and got to see like three of my favorite bands play it. And just, it was life changing because I didn't realize bands could sound that good live. 
and then hearing the the bass and like you know the, the drums and just how heavy it is and everything live and and the vibrations of the speakers which yeah. we were just talking about that entering my soul yeah it was fantastic and I loved every moment just of fell it. in love with it right away I wasn't in the front so I didn't see the mosh pit but I'm sure there was one yeah because that's what comes along with that types of music is the mosh pit I was kind of young and timid so I was just kind of like walking around to like areas I could see yeah and um I don't know I just kind of stayed stayed in places kind of near the back and just enjoyed it so things just got gradually heavier for you regarding your you know listening right so that was like uh hardcore music and then uh I think metalcore was kind of getting more popular into the scene slowly after that and those are bands like kill switch engage um bullet from my valentine okay so this is where I, this is where i get lost in this whole world yeah the idea of core music so metalcore hardcore deathcore is that one i mean deathcore is one and it's probably my favorite genre okay so first off tell me tell me uh what what is core like what is the what was the purpose of core is that just what core, core means hardcore and it's just the second part of hardcore, which is core. So that's why they added metal. So metal, so metal, but hardcore metal. Correct. What the fuck though? Metal's hardcore already. Met, so yeah, I mean. So walk uh, me through it. Give me the give me all the cores, and then tell me what they are. Okay, so <laughs> let's start off with, you know, anything without the core. You know, we have hardcore, we have death metal, we have metal. Yeah. And I think that's all I need to preface before I get into the second part of this. Okay, so hardcore, death metal, and metal. Right. And then you mix hardcore and metal, that makes metalcore. And you mix death metal and hardcore, that makes deathcore. What's black metal? Black metal is black metal. Yeah, but okay, so how do you define them? How do you know what band is what? So like, black it metal, black, it's, it's, it's the whole thing. So it's kind of ridiculous because anyone that's listening to this that doesn't listen to them, oh, it all sounds the same, man. What are you talking about? Thing is, it doesn't all sound the same, and that's why there are genres. Um, is that all mud right now? It's mud. I'm staring at the mud. I'm going to try and drink it. That's going to be real dirty. <laughs> Dick. That was dirty. Uh, so, let's see. Black metal. It's very fast-paced. Lots of blast beats and double bass throughout it. Okay. The guitarists are just... <laughs> you know it's like thrash on crack and the singers are like you know and it's just uh and they put some like symphonic stuff in the background and i don't know what the purpose of black metal is you know if it's like you know to worship pagan gods or what yeah. the, the reason is like i don't ever listen to the lyrics of black metal like i like black metal but I don't really listen to it too much. There's not a lot of groove to it. It's just straight up like f- well, speed. Yeah, most of the time. Um, there's this band called Flesh God Apocalypse. And I feel like they're a little black metal-ish. And they're newer. But they have a female vocalist who is like an opera singer. Oh, that is so fucking metal. And it's really <laughs> cool. I think you would actually really like it. I'm gonna check you them should out. check them out. And I randomly saw them. When I went to go see Whitechapel, and they blew me away how good they were. Wow. They were really impressive. Hell yeah. But my favorite black metal band of all time, and forever will be, is Dimu. I'm not, probably not pronouncing this right, because no one ever knows how to pronounce it. It's Dimu Borgir. 
I've never even heard of that. D-I-M-M-U, new word, B-O-R-G-I-R. <laughs> new word, I like that. <laughs> and I think the album is called Puritanical Misanthropia, something like that. And it is just such an epic album. It is such an epic album. If you listen to that, like you will understand like what black metal is. Like that's what black metal is. Okay, so that type of music. So if I were to say black metal compared to normal metal, black metal is gonna have a lot more blast beats and double bass. It's gonna be straight up, like tempo wise and groove wise, like just straight up, like right. And then that symphonic aspect, like like almost like a little keyboard synthesizer, things like that. Yeah. Okay. There's so. really not not many breakdowns or groovy parts. And so, how would you classify just like like Metallica as metal, or are they hard rock? Well, Metallica was metal, and now they're hard rock. And now I feel like they've gone down a category into hard rock. Why do you say that? Is it because their music, or is it because metal has evolved? I feel so like because metal has evolved. Okay. Metallica is still Metallica even to this day. Yeah, they but, fucking kill it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it they're one of the greatest bands of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. And if you look at them, like, they're selling out stadiums, you know? Like, a lot of metal bands are not selling out stadiums. So because the metal evolved, Metallica's now a hard rock band. That's, that's I've, my I've opinion. Even noticed, that's my opinion. I've even, but I've even noticed, like, in documentaries, if you watch old documentaries with them, they talk about them being a metal band. I mean, but in the last 15 years, is Metallica. Yeah, yeah, but in the last I mean? 15 years, Lars especially, he refers to them as a hard rock band every yeah. single time. Wow. He never calls them a metal band anymore. And wow. I'm like, what? Like, damn. Like they, they literally got pushed out of their genre because everything got just way too intense. <laughs> right. So, so they technically, so what would be metal then? Would that be the old school cats becoming hard rock or what is modern day metal? Not black metal, not death metal, not like, do you have an, a band for example, that would fall under that category alone? Well, actually, you know, I may have misrepresented, uh, two of the bands I said earlier, but I think like metal metal would be. Slipknot. Slipknot's just metal. Even with all their screaming and stuff? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. They're not deathcore. They're not System they're of a Down is, is definitely... System of a Down is metal. Yeah, that, that's like... I feel System like, of a Down is metal. For me, in the modern day, I think System of a Down is like the ultimate example of what metal is. Because yeah. they're not quite anything else, and they're definitely not rock. Like hard rock. They're right. fucking... Like just, that's they're metal. They're so unique. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, so what I was saying, Kill Switch Engage is metal. They're not metalcore, they're metal. I would say they're metal. And same thing with Bullet For My Valentine, they're metal. That's just like modern day metal. And okay. in a band called Trivium, that's metal. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Trivium. Um, Amon Amarth. Okay. No. That's metal. You know, that's just, that's metal. They're not death metal. They're, they're, they're Viking metal, if you want to get really specific. Yeah. But uh, it makes you feel like you're on a fucking Norse boat. They're know? pretty fucking badass. Yeah, they're badass, dude. They're playing yeah. in October. I might go see them. Where are they playing? I want to say the Palladium. I hate the Palladium. I've never been there. I've never had a good experience at the Palladium. Should we sue them? I've seen Metallica and Anjanelle's, my two favorite bands ever, and Macedon, mm-hmm. all at the Palladium. And they were all incredible shows, but I hate the fucking venue. I would like to burn that venue down. And just build, like, anything else. Well, let's... A Chuck E. Cheese. I don't give a shit. Let's write them an email saying, uh, you know, I don't like your establishment. I will burn it down. Yeah, and I'm going to burn it down. That's, that's... Zero stars. Zero stars. <laughs> <laughs> will not come back. Oh my god, the fucking Palladium. It just doesn't make any sense. Like anybody that's been to the Hollywood Palladium knows that it's just one big old fucking floor. That's one, it's wider than the actual stage. Like it's like the width of the floor is wider than the stage. And it's not good because it like it doesn't wrap around the stage. It just goes into the walls. 
Like, there's nothing there. And then there's those two balconies upstairs, which they put tables at, which, like, are VIP, and then they're not VIP. It's just really poorly run, and it's really hot in there. The sound is fucking... There's no escaping it. There's no, like, a, bit, a way to, like, find a better sound in there. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, this one room with a stage and then really long, and they just pack as many people as they can in there. And, like, if a fire started in there, people would die. That's it. There's not going to be a, hel- a, a safe exit from that place. People are going to die. So when you burn it down, we need to make sure no one's in there. Or make sure everyone's in there. Right. That's metal. <laughs> That's real metal. That's very metal. That's Burned real down metal. metal. New, uh, <laughs> burned alive metal. That's right. a new genre. We'll just be recording uh, double bass, blast beats, shredding guitar, and then the vocals will be all the screams of people dying from burning alive. Right. <laughs> so... <laughs> So there, there's, there's like our metal. There's our straight like metal bands, and okay. you know Slayer's metal. I wouldn't even say they're hard rock. I'd say they're metal. Yeah, Slayer's once again one of their own. Like, I think they were just the original of them. And Pantera, I would say, was metal too. I wouldn't even consider them hard rock. I'd say metal. No, Pan- Pantera was like, was like the beginning of that kind of groove, yeah. deep metal. Mm-hmm. Like they just had that like that low fucking heavy chugging guitar, but somehow just like like Walk, for example. That song like sums up, yeah. That that kind of groovy, chuggy metal that like just totally changed the way people were moving to metal. Yeah, it wasn't just like fast, like ah, I'm gonna yeah. rip my fucking head off. Ah. And then it was just like kind of swaying. I was like, all right, I can dig this. Yeah, this yeah. is great. Yeah, <laughs> one band. <laughs> so <coughs> then we have deathcore, good old deathcore, and this is really what I'm into today. And one of the reasons I love metal so much is because I play drums. I'm a drummer myself. And Fucking they have... spectacular one at that. Let's, Thank you, let's sir. Not, let's not pass over that. And they have some of the best drummers, in my opinion. This is deathcore. I mean, metal in general. The metal genre okay. in general. Well, yeah. It's... Um, but, I mean, and like, dr- like, let's say like Dream Theater. Like Mike Portnoy is one of my favorite drummers. Like, He's Are a, they considered metal? They're dream, like progressive rock, I, I would say maybe. They're like, they're, they if can they be were heavy. If they were progressive rock, it was it'd be like if you injected steroids derived from the blood of Satan into progressive rock, you'd have Dream Theater, right? And then like angels flying above. I don't know. They're just everything about them makes everything epic, right? Ah, Dream Theater. Sorry, <laughs> that's a that's a whole another topic all, yeah, for me. Yeah, a whole another topic. That is a deep, deep place to go. And then, and then like Sif- Symphony X. Oh fuck yeah! They're kind of like Dream me. Theater. I mean, that's that's metal. Yeah, it's progressive rock metal. Anyway, deathcore. That's what I listen to a lot these days, and it's just super heavy, super groovy. There's fast parts. There's a lot of breakdowns, and there's just some like really heavy parts, and it just makes me so happy when I listen to that music. And the drummers so, are great. The lyrics are kind of hard to understand with these new singing styles. Yes, half the time I have no idea what they're saying. So walk me through like that whole like situation because I feel like Slip, Slipknot was definitely you know the first, not the first, but very very big on incorporating singing and that stuff. Lamb of God was very much just straight up that. But even in Lamb of God and even in Slayer, like you can still kind of understand or if you pay close attention what they're saying. But a lot of these new bands with I would assume is deathcore. Um, I mean, it's just like it's sound half the time. Like I get it. I'm not a huge fan of it to be honest. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't dislike it by any means. But it's like I'd rather take you know, uh, surge, 
Serge Tonkin over you know any of that. But then again, right. So if you're if you're into like vocals, you know, this is not and the music like for you. like singing along. Yeah, it, <laughs> singing this along. Is, this is not the music for you or your children. Um, <laughs> you know, deathcore is more about the actual music itself, and I feel like the vocals just add another layer of heaviness to it. You know, it's almost like another instrument. I, yeah, I really don't sing along to deathcore unless there's some sort of like chant part. Um, for example, like Barrier Dead, one of my favorite hardcore bands of all time. They, they have a very famous song on every album, and they just literally go, Barry, you're fucking dead, you know? You yeah. just like sing along and chant to it. Everyone knows that one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, even if you don't know it, you will after two seconds of listening to it. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then they'll, you know, they'll say random things in the middle and you know, you remember like where that part comes up, and you just say it, sing along to it, or you know. So it's be, more a musicianship thing. Yeah, it really is for me, and especially the drums, and just just being able to headbang to it. It just yeah. has the perfect rhythm and beats a headbang to it. So what what is so with is it hardcore in general, or is it deathcore that is like what is the difference in beat? Like, say I'm listening to metalcore or deathcore. Like, what what's going to separate those two? Is it going to be more? okay? So 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 deathcore, there are. I would say, in my opinion, that was a double entendre, um, <laughs> that there are no clean vocals in deathcore. Okay. I really don't recall any bands that have clean vocals in deathcore, nor do I think there should be. And metalcore has clean vocals, and they'll have like the sing-along parts along with the screaming, or they'll do the sing-along and the screaming at the same time, which is a really cool depth that adds to the uh, metalcore. Genre. So oftentimes a lot of the bands with those two singers, one that does the screaming, one does the singing, those are going to be a metalcore. Yeah, band. like a metal a good example of metalcore would be Atreyu. Okay, all right. Older Atreyu. Cuz I think they may have gotten rid of their screamer. I can't remember what happened, but I remember one of their albums was really soft and there was no screaming and I <laughs> was wondering if it was the same band. It's like where did your balls go? Yeah, and also a, bit, a little band called Wage War. Who I love Wage I War. Absolutely love. I love Wage War. And they do a very nice mix of screaming, yeah. and then really good clean vocals in between, and even older of Mice and Men. I think even the yeah. new of Mice and Men does that, but mm. I like old Mice and Men. Most they, people do. Yeah, they do that. And um, also, you know, in metalcore and deathcore, they they've been adding this new thing. Which we were talking about earlier, Wage War does it all the time, and just like out of nowhere, they'll go blah, blah. And so what? What is that? So I mean, so yeah, let's let's talk about I'm, that. I'm really I've excited. always I've always wondered what it is, uh, because it's intriguing, you know. Like, oh, what is what is he saying right there? Like, what are all these guys saying? And you know, I looked it up, and there's all these different representations of it. There's no lyrics of that in the lyric. You know, a portion of the song, so it's just the singer like making a sound. Yeah, that sounds like it's almost like a squeal on the guitar. Yeah, or like a pick slide. And what people will type it out as on the internet is like B L I E G H, blah, blah, like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but they go blah. <laughs> That's amazing. And uh, I love when they do that. It just gets you moving. Yeah, and it's it doesn't mean anything. You know, they just do it, and it's great. Uh, another band that does that is Motionless and White. Oh, also, didn't they? They just uh, oh, did they just released an album. No, it's coming out soon though. Okay, yeah, I was, I was like, I heard something about something with their album. But it's coming out. They released two new singles. Have you listened to them? They're great. Yeah. One I like more than the other one. I'll have to listen to them. One, one is definitely more of 
what their last album sounded like, and I love that sound. I They're love, very theatrical. It's like, yeah, it's like it's like Marilyn Manson meets metal. That's perfectly put. That is beautifully put. You know, that's exactly with, what with some like good singing too. Like he's got a good voice, like good, yeah. like dark emo voice. Yeah, and I, I usually I wouldn't like. I mean, I'm not really super into bands kind of like Motionless and White, but something about the way they do it is it's very theatrical and it very much is like Marilyn Manson in that realm of music. They're just, they're fucking great. I dig it. Oh, I, I left a major band out of the metal, the metal section. The metal section. One of my favorite bands of all time, Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, see, that's a hard topic for me. I've like, they would be metalcore, or at I, least their earlier yeah. stuff was. Now they're metal. Like I respect them on every level. I think they are necessary to the music scene, music history. I think they changed the game forever. When they showed up and their fame with what and what they did with it was incredible. I think they're incredible. Um, <clears throat> that being said, I've never listened to one of their songs and been like, "Wow, this is incredible! I want to be a part of this." Like when I listen to songs that I love, I mean, I listen. I'm like, "Man, it hurts!" I because I can't experience this more. And like this, I have nothing to say, nothing bad to say about their music. I just, I'm, it's never quite hit me. So what's interesting with Event Sevenfold is, from what I recall. Their sound changed three times, or maybe four at this point. Their first album was like more of a hardcore album, and I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. I went to my friends took me to a show when they only had their first album called Sounding the Seventh Trumpet Mm -hmm. at this place called the Studio Corner. (laughs) Just kidding, it's called the Kung Fu Corner. (laughs) I was like, I'm not gonna lie, I don't remember having this, I don't recall this. And this had to be like uh, around 2003-ish. This is a while ago. And they shit, my friend showed me that. I was like, these guys suck. <laughs> right? I was like, these guys suck. And I stood outside the show and just got high the whole time. With, like, you left the show? I didn't even go in. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. That's yeah. That's I fucked. hate myself. I hate myself to this day for not going in there because I love them so much. Well. They released an album after that called Waking the Fallen. Yeah. I listened to it. It is one of the most influential, beautiful, heavy albums I've ever heard in my entire life. And I fell in love with that band after that day. That album changed everything for me as far as like metalcore goes. And that album was like metalcore. And then their albums after that just kind of turned into metal. And then now it's like they're almost like hard rock now. Yeah. It's like it started off hardcore, went to metalcore, metal, now they're hard rock. It's interesting. It's funny because like some bands start really heavy and then loosen up, like lighten up, and then some bands start pretty like whatever, and then they just get super heavy. Right. It's like one way or the other. Right. Or or they'll start off heavy, get softer, and then come back with a vengeance. And then come back with a vengeance. And and a perfect example of that is uh, a little band called Annotations of an Autopsy, which I would say is one of the most influential deathcore bands that introduced the. Uh, what we call the pig squeal. Oh my God, the pig squeal. Which not we, a fan. Which we have not discussed yet. Not a fan, but when you're ready, you tell me about the pig squeal. <laughs> I, like, I like the role you're on. A pig squeal is when the vocalist goes, <laughs> Everyone together, everyone listening, do it with us. <laughs> yeah, I did, a, I did a really bad example of that to everyone listening, so I hope... Uh, don't judge me. I usually do a better one. I don't know what's going on with my voice right now. It's probably the Armenian coffee. Yeah, they'll, they'll get you. Yeah, it got me. But uh, pig squeal's a pig squeal. It sounds like a pig squealing. And Annotations of an Autopsy was one of the 
first bands to really do a lot of re's, as we call them. <laughs> it's like it's like an R with twenty e's behind it. <laughs> and <laughs> a re and a bleh. Um, they didn't do too many blehs. They just did a lot of re's. I think this is incredible though, because like with the genre of music, like just this whole music in general, everyone all, like one thing is like, oh, it's too angry, it's too this, but it's always like I can't understand what they're saying. I don't like the sound of it. But then when you really break it down and what you're talking about is like they a lot didn't, of times they're not saying anything. I mean, they're not, but like that's the thing. It's like they took the voice, which you know is considered what everyone says another instrument, which it is. Yeah. And they literally just used it as an instrument for sound. Yeah. Like it's it's I mean, it's pretty pretty incredible in my opinion when you really break it down and think about it like this. So this band came out super aggressive, super heavy, dropped this EP, I think in the early 2000s, mid-2000s, and maybe in the later 2000s, like 2008, I, mm-hmm. I'd have to look at look at it again, but then they released a couple albums after that, and they kind of fell off the map, because they got a little softer, and people weren't getting the reads they wanted, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, I was not getting the you know, I'm on YouTube a couple months ago, and it's like, annotations of an autopsy, worldwide debut, and I'm like, you have to be kidding me. And I was like, is this going to be good or is it going to be the stuff they were releasing before? And they are back to their roots. And it sounds incredible. And the album comes out. All the out, ways you can imagine. The album comes out on the 31st of this month. And I cannot wait. Yeah. I cannot wait. I love when bands get back together after they just failed miserably trying to go like on the cleaner route, you know, and, and, yeah. and go away from the roots and then come back with a vengeance. Yeah. You know, Metallica kind of did that. Metallica's like the poster child, except it wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't that they like got soft. It's they just got shitty. Look, Saint Anger, we could talk about that for three hours. I could go on that for that three hours. And here's why. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the general idea of why I could go on that for three hours. Saint Anger had all the pieces. Saint Anger had all the pieces for an absolutely incredible album. From riffs to solos to lyrics to all that stuff, the execution was like fucking slapping a fat kid's belly with a wooden spoon and then recording it. <laughs> Just what the fuck are you doing, and what why are, are you those? doing? It? <laughs> yeah, like it was, it was, it was ridiculous. It was just ridiculous. Anyway, I'm not getting into Saint Anger. We'll we'll have to come back and do a whole fucking episode on Saint Anger. <laughs> that's that's episode worthy. That yeah, that's that's like <coughs> that is an education for music everywhere throughout the history. Always right. Metallica, Saint Anger, the before, the during, the after, the comeback. I mean. Fucking Death Magnetic, the album after that, eight years later, is one of my favorite albums in the history of music till this day. So, anyway, please continue. <laughs> so let's see, we got deathcore, we got metalcore. Um, okay, and then there's a there's this genre, new genre oh, that God. you know they just keep coming up with new genres, but I really like this genre. Uh, it's it's up there with deathcore, and it's called slam. I guess it would be called Slamcore, but it's really not that much different from Deathcore, except there's just a lot slower tones. I was going to say, it sounds and, like and it's... slower breakdowns. Just bow, bow. And they'll add rees, they'll add blez, and it's just like everything I love, and it's heavy as fuck and brutal as fuck. So take a band like Born of Osiris. What are they? I would say they're tech technical death metal See, which is also that's, that's what I was going to ask you because like a lot like Slamcore for example a lot of that is it's not that they're bad musicians by any means they're fucking heavy dudes but it's very simple like, as, a, as a guitarist two, two three notes just and even a drummer yeah yeah it's uh, it 
It's straight up. It's yeah. getting people moving. Like I, it's like it's like the hip hop of metal. Like they want people yeah, to groove exactly. and move. It's like a yeah. beat moving. But then you have Born of Osiris, like bands like that, or even Animals as Leaders, where it's just like, holy shit, human beings shouldn't be able to do that with yeah. their fingers on a guitar. Yeah. A drummer shouldn't be able to move his arms that fast. Yeah. Like it's just the most mind blowing stuff, but it's still hardcore. So, like, what? So that that's called technical. Yeah, for short, tech death metal, but technical death metal. Tech deck. Tech deck. <laughs> tech deck, dude. Tech deck, bro. Sca- uh, little skateboard with my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Got my little half pop right here. Half pop. Ooh, did you see that kickflip? <laughs> tech metal core. Technical death metal. Tech. Tech death metal. Tech death And you can just metal. call it tech death. You know what? The fast players. <laughs> yeah. But so, animals as leaders, they're, they're instrumental. Yeah. So what are they? Do they count as that? I would say it's tech death. Really? Just because of the riffs? Oh, no, no, no. I think they're more of a a gent. A what? Yeah. uh, That's another category. Jesus, I'm like the worst metal fan uh, ever. It's spelled D-G-A-N-T. D-G-E-N-T. Gent. It's like a degent. Degent. I think it's pronounced gent or gent. Okay. I'm just making shit up. I don't know. But that's how it's spelled. And that's like a, it's like a groovy technical death metal. Okay. Because Animals as Leaders is one of those few bands that is instrumental that plays in that kind of like style yeah. that is metal. Because you have bands like, guys like Pliny or um, Jacob something, I forgot his last name, he's like really, but they're all like crazy guitar players, but no one's quite as heavy as Animals as Leaders, which is why I think they're so big. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's Tosin Abasi, right? Whatever the... Tonus, Tosin Abbas, yeah, the guitar player, the lead guy. He's he's incredible. I always mix it up. It's Tonus or Tosin. I'm pretty sure it's Tosin Abbas. Uh, he's one of the greatest fucking players ever. But he is one of those guitar players that was in that realm that said, you know what, I'd like to play a little heavier. And all of a sudden, his band is huge. And I think it's because they went metal. <laughs> uh, excuse me. Would you mind if I play a little heavier? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a super soft-spoken, wears glasses, yeah. just cool dude. Hey. Just, Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm all right. Yeah. Do you mind if I play a little heavier? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One man. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna like just get a sample of you doing that. That's gonna be the beginning of all my shows. Just one man sitting in the corner of his studio <laughs> in a pod. <laughs> you're, you're, you're just genius. You're talented. You're so, an expert. <laughs> So let's talk about genius and expert and talent. Okay. Um, <laughs> Give it to me. So my dad is a musician, <clears throat> and he played the piano when he was younger. He can still play. He, When you ask him to play, he'll say he doesn't play, but he can play. Mm-hmm. I think he um, kind of fell off that once he started playing guitar, and he, start, he picked up guitar at a young age. And he's been playing ever since, and he still takes lessons to this day, and he's in a band, and they play all these cover songs of classic rock, and nice. he, d- he does a party every year where, I'm gonna miss. He, where he invites all of his friends, and they drink, and he, his band plays, and he has a grand old time. You know, My dad plays guitar and has band practice once a week. And he, <coughs> oh, Jesus. <coughs> he loves uh, music and, and classic rock, you know? He was raised in the 60s. Fuck yeah. So, where am I going with this? Uh, He always wanted me to 
pick some sort of musical instrument or sport or something like some hobby. Yeah. Right. And I played sports when I was younger. I played baseball. I think I sucked. <laughs> um, I was the catcher and sounds about right. I feel like I'd be a lot better now. Like I'm really athletic and co- really well coordinated. You are. You're but, but like as a kid, like I couldn't do shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. The only thing I was good at was video games. I was just an expert hand-eye coordination. <laughs> and it's also why I'm such a good driver. Uh, anyways, <laughs> my dad, uh, wanted me to take piano lessons. So I took piano lessons for, I don't know, maybe a year. Um, I don't, I can't, I can't discount the fact that I didn't have a good piano teacher or the fact that I didn't like her. It could have just been me not liking people. And I just didn't like playing piano. It was very difficult. But any any instrument is, you know. But as a kid, I'm like, oh, this is hard. You it's know? bullshit. It's bullshit. I never experienced that. Yeah, I'm a real dad. You can't tell me what to do, you know. <laughs> I got, I got dark. <laughs> real quick. <laughs> and, uh, dude, so I did that for a while, and then I stopped. It was just really weird. I can't remember anything. I was really young. I must have been like eight, seven or eight, trying to play piano. You know, it was tiny. Tiny little kid, piano was really big on me, you know. What was it? Why was it on you? It's probably another reason I quit. <laughs> <laughs> because of another, real, it was real big for me. It was real. It was, it was really trying to say. And uh, so anyway, so that was my piano phase. Um, I cannot play at all to this day. But here's the thing: looking back on it, I wish I kept up with it oh same i wish because i when i see people playing piano it's so beautiful like i wish i could play piano and just blow people's minds away yeah it's such a beautiful instrument yeah it really touches my soul honestly you know someone good gets on there that's what she said that is what she said he said or he said or someone Someone gets on there yeah sorry go ahead so then my dad's like, all right, well, what else? Do you want to try anything else? Do you want to play guitar? Like, you know, kind of nudging me. Um, <laughs> He's like, come on. I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, so he bought me an acoustic guitar. I took like one or two lessons. and That shit hurts too. <laughs> uh, it hurt my fingers. It was very difficult. Uh, my forearms were hurting. And I gave up immediately. Wow. Yeah, immediately. I was like, hell fucking no. This is too hard. <laughs> I thought this would be easy. Like, Someone lied to me. Someone lied to me. You know? (laughs) This is not what I signed up for. Yeah. Uh, And then we went to the third option, which was drums. And I did not have a drum set. I didn't know anything about drums. They look cool, you know? Yeah, they look cool. Drummers are cool. Yeah, drummers are the coolest. Also the craziest. Drummers are the coolest and the craziest. (laughs) And... We went to this place called Mike's Drum Shop in Santa Barbara, which is where I grew up. And it was this cool drum shop where they had they sold drums in the front. And then in the back, they had a couple uh, soundproof rooms with two drum sets in each one. And you would take lessons. Fuck yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. And the owner, Mike, was this really cool laid-back guy. You know, it was almost like it was in this part of uh, downtown Santa Barbara where... I don't think it should have even been a shop. It was like a house and they just like turned it into a shop. Hell yeah. And it was just like, it was so cool, you know? And, you know, Santa Barbara's not a big town. It's like a, it's a little beach town and, you know, we don't have, 
guitar centers and you know these big places to <clears throat> get stuff. So like Mike's Drum Shop was like your your place to get drums from. And this is before Amazon. Yeah. You know, like you couldn't just like have stuff sent to you. And if you did, it was like really difficult. Yeah. Know? It was a whole ordeal. Get, a, get on your fucking dial up internet. You know what I mean? Or like <laughs> make a phone call on a magazine. Um, so we went there and we're like, okay, so like, you know, how much are lessons and what's this and that. And um, I met my drum teacher. His name is Craig Thatcher. And dude, he was the coolest guy. And he, I think he had just moved to Santa Barbara from somewhere else, or I can't remember. And we started, uh, I think we met him through Mike's drum shop. And I would go over to his house. And I was like really excited. He had the drum set set up, and I was really excited on my first day. Like, I'm going to play some drums. This is going to be great. I'm going to be really good. And he I like, says, I like your confidence. Yeah. And he, sit, he sits me down. And he just grabs the snare drum and then moves it away from the drum set. I'm like, okay, that's weird. I don't know how I'm going to play a drum set without the snare drum. And he's like, all right, we're just going to work on the snare drum. And I was like, what? You know? I want to play the drum set, not the snare drum. And he's like, what the fuck is this? He's like, we need to start off with the basics and the fundamentals. And, you know, it's just like, how old were you when you did this? You were eight? No, I was 12. You're 12 with the drums. Okay, now. right. So yeah. like, you know, a little more confidence. You're like, older. what the fuck is this guy talking about? Right, you know, and I'm just doing these things like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, you know. Um, and then it would get more advanced from there. And I took uh, lessons for a long time. And I did, uh, I think I did concert band or something in uh, junior high. <clears throat> where I got to, you know, use my drum skills and yeah. I don't know, you know, you start off with just the snare drum and the next thing you know we're on the drum set and kind of kind of, you know, playing a beat and it's getting a little easier and it's weird though I never gave up on drums. I gave up on everything else but I never gave up on That's drums. That's interesting. Was it what, did you did you feel that maybe it was cuz you were more mature? It's possible. There's or a lot of you, factors. Or did you just it genuinely just loved it that much more? I mean, I loved it and I think it it just made more sense to me. It moved with your body like how, how the drums work yeah you know it just made more sense to me you know it's not that difficult there's three toms there's a snare drum there's some cymbals and there's a bass drum yeah you know but the key to drums is hitting everything at the right time it's all about timing yeah and that is very difficult for a lot of people oh yeah Time. What is time? Time. Why you don't miss me? We're back to Hootie and the Blowfish. But uh, <laughs> it got me so off guard. That was good, right? Oh, that fucking got me. I oh, went right shit. into that. That blew my mind. <laughs> That's how my brain works, folks. So. <laughs> oh, okay. So All right. All right. okay. So. Uh, let's see, concert band, uh, drum set. So yeah, now I'm playing drums for a couple years and like, it's, it's really coming to me. I'm, I'm able to play Green Day songs and <laughs> Offspring songs, which is like kind of around that LP, time frame yeah. that I was getting into those, those yeah. bands. Right. And this is cool. Cause now we're applying all this music to my drumming. <laughs> it's beautiful. And so now I'm playing that Green Day, like when I come around and you know, when I when come I around. around. <laughs> Such a good song. Yeah. I really miss the old Green Day days. 
I miss like being a total cheese ball with Green Day. I know. What's his name? Billy. Uh... Billy Joel. Bi- Billy Joe. Billy Joe. Yeah. Billy, if you're listening, please go back to your old stuff. Anyway, um... <laughs> if Billy's listening, we're gonna be talking about some. Billy, come on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Billy, come here now. We have a lot of shit to talk about. Uh, okay, so I'm playing Green Day. You know, it's Trey Cool is the drummer. Trey Cool, and I thought he was the coolest drummer at the time. Hence the name. He was so good. And oh, this is real important. This is real important. So when I first met my drum teacher, this was like I went to the drum shop and like I went in and I saw him working with another student. Mm-hmm. It was before I even started. And he had a student play uh, a Nirvana song. Ooh. And I can't remember what song it was, but I think it was off It was off of the album Nevermind. Okay. Which became one of my favorite albums of all time. I fucking love that album. <laughs> and the, the student played along to the song, and I just watched this guy play. And it's like, okay, well, this guy, this drum teacher taught this guy to play this. It's pretty badass drumming. Like yeah. he knows what he's doing and that's that's what really brought me in. Yeah. And once I learned how to play drums, I learned how to play that whole album. Really? Never that mind. Was, that was yeah. the album for you. That was the album for me that got me in. And my drum teacher loved it and you know Dave Grohl. Dave Grohl is just dude. Another whole episode. That's another Grohl. whole episode is Dave Grohl. Dave fucking Grohl, man. But I was like, dude, this drummer's great. We need to get you know? him a fucking crown, a scepter, and a cape. Yeah, and <laughs> we we would play that whole album, you know, and that's kind of how I learned how to play drums. Thank, thank you, Dave Grohl. Thank you, Dave Grohl. Thank you, Dave Grohl. <laughs> and yeah, then you know, I'm playing, I'm playing all this stuff on my own. I have like headphones in to my Walkman. I'm probably too far away from the mic. No, you're... <laughs> and uh, I have headphones. You know, I'm playing to these songs at home. You can move it towards you if you want to lean back. Oh. It that'd does be, that. It does that. Cool. It does that. Huh? All right, here we go. Look at that. Mike's even now I'm like comfortable. This. You can get the tip right in your right mouth. Right in there. my mouth. Perfect. Put the tip right up close. That's where I want it. You know? <laughs> and, uh... Right, so now, so, now, so now I'm playing at home. I'm playing at home to songs, and, like, I'm able to, like, learn... I've gotten to the stage where, like, I know how to play drums, I can hear it, and then I can play it, but there were still things I would hear, and I'm like, I don't understand how the drummer's doing that. And this is before we had YouTube, folks. So if you're looking for, like, Was there ever a time? If you're looking for, like, tutorial videos and shit like that, you have to buy it. And it's, like, on a disc, and it's not what you're looking for. It's, like, what they have. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, it's, like... You'd watch music videos and try and see how they're doing it, but you know, music videos don't just show the drummer the whole time. They show small clippets, <coughs> and it was just it was difficult. You just had to be able to see it and then hear it, hear it and then see it in your head, yeah. and then play it. But eventually, I started getting into bands like you know System of Down, Slipknot. Slipknot was too advanced for me. That's yeah. I mean, at the time, with my, two drummers, my, my double bass. Well, it's Joey Jordison, who is a fucking amazing drummer. And then actually, this is gonna totally kill the mood. But today was announced that Slipknot drummer just lost his daughter. So that wasn't Joey though. They kicked him out, I think, a couple years ago. Oh, okay. I don't know the drummer, so I don't really care. Some... Just kidding. Whoa. <laughs> well, so I think we're gonna have lose some Slipknot for a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, continue. They just released a new single. Did they? Slipknot. Yeah. Man, a lot, I... a lot of clean vocals. 
Well, he's doing Stone Sour now, and I think he's. Yeah. Really, he's I mean, it's, Stone Sour is great. A, he's got a good voice. He's got a beautiful he's voice. He's got a good he's voice. Very, inc- he's an incredibly talented human being. He yeah. is an incredibly, incredibly talented. Mr. Corey Taylor. I think. Uh, I think he's gotten really comfortable with that clean vocals, which is great. Like I love Stone Sour, but it's like I don't. I think he needs to be really careful with what he brings in a Slipknot. There you go. It's almost like if James Hetfield stopped going at the end of every yeah. phrase. Yeah. It just wouldn't be Metallica. <clears throat> oh, you're dying. I agree with that. You want to just... That was a, that was a dry hit. <laughs> <clears throat> Take a minute. You're good. Okay, so... <clears throat> At some point, <clears throat> I got into Tool. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Danny Carey. Whole another oh. episode. Oh. Whole another episode. With, <clears throat> hey, August 30th, Tool's releasing the album. That's not that far away. I'm going to shit a brick. <clears throat> yeah, I found out about a little drummer called Danny Carey. Oh my God, the greatest drummer of all time. And that was another revolutionary, life-changing part of my life. Because now, <clears throat> I found out about Tool, and uh, I'm trying to play this stuff, and it is very <laughs> difficult. <laughs> How old were you when you found out about Tool? We're trying to play it. Uh, 14. Oh man, I'd love to see 14-year-old Eric trying to yeah. learn Tool. Yeah. Well... We used to have these things called drum recitals, and my drum teacher would put together this recital, and it would start with little kids, like five years old, that could play drums, and go up to like his older students. And like after a while, like in high school, I was like one of the older, like more advanced elite students, <clears throat> and I'd usually be the last one because I was the best, yeah. not to suck my own dick or anything. But <laughs> that's well, just we'll the way it was, you know. I probably was at the point where I didn't really need lessons anymore because I would just go in and my drum teacher would be like, so what do you want to play today? <laughs> you know? Well, maybe you just needed a, a, a more evolved teacher. <clears throat> maybe. Maybe. You know? Right, yeah. yeah. Maybe you could hire Danny Carey to show you some. Uh, yeah. That would be that would be cool. What the art of drumming. <laughs> so we'd have these drum recitals and it would start with like, you know, the little five-year-olds just starting to play and they'd play to a song, right? In front of an audience of people. It's like all the parents and family members, you know? Yeah. And I, I did a ladder, uh, <clears throat> schism on Lateralis. We stole one of those riffs. <laughs> I was crushing it. <clears throat> and at the very end... Do you want some water? <clears throat> yeah, please. And at the very end, my double bass pedal <laughs> fell off. My beater fell off. Yeah, yeah. your beater fell off. At the very end, where it's like... Oh my god. And like I needed it for that. And it ruined my life. I was so mad. Life was just downhill so after mad. that. Yeah, I, I wanted to redo it. I was like, redo, mulligan, you know? <laughs> <clears throat> Everyone after was like, oh, it was so good, you know? But like in my head. You're like, fuck you. That I, see, here's the thing about being a musician. People that don't play music or like don't really understand it. Yeah. Like you could do a really shitty job and they're going to be like, wow, that was so good. Yeah. Or even if you did good and messed up like a, a small part, like no no one else notices, but you notice. But it's like tragic for you. Oh, it's tragic. I want to kill myself. Well, see, that's that's uh, I mean, I've I've played live a lot in my life, and uh, it's something I had to really get over and learn is like messing up can go <clears throat> so many different ways. Messing up is messing up. That's it. How you recover is the most important thing. You can fuck up and make that the beginning of an improv moment where you fuck around and jam or something like that. You can break a string and totally change it on the moment. You can fuck up and just stop and say, I'm going to retry this, and then you're officially a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and you can fuck up and just act like it never happened. Like, there's so many ways to handle fucking up. 
Um, and it's like, yeah, you have to accept that you messed up. But if you're messing up on stage after like doing it a lot and still letting it get to you, then there's an issue. But the <clears> first time, the first like five times that you mess up on stage in front of any audience is got to be one of the most like tragic things. Yeah. Because it's always when you're young and a musician. It's always when you're a young musician. It's it's like you, you can't bear it. You just can't bear it's that. It's rough. It's fucking brutal, man. But yeah, you know, I do these uh, these recitals, and uh, it was just really cool because I'd get to play in front of people, and that was like my first, you know, you did solo, fucking solo schism concert. at fourteen. No, I was like sixteen, seventeen. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, you know, that's my first time like playing in front of people, and it was always like really like uh, scary. Had a lot of anxiety. I was nervous. Yeah. But then after it felt so good. You feel you know? like a fucking god. Everyone's like, oh, that was so good, you know. <laughs> Um, and it's really nice because, you know, you don't, you don't ever like think you're great because you, you always have so much more to learn. Yeah. And your heart is critic. You're your hardest critic. But then like when people tell you like how good it was, like it, it just feels great. Yeah. And then from there, you know, I, I met some guys that were into the hardcore scene uh, and we started a little band called Deathbed Memories. Deathbed Memories. Deathbed Memories. That's a really cool name. <clears throat> Why have you never told me? I've never heard that name before. I knew you were in a band as a teenager, but that is a gr- I actually really fucking like that name. Yeah. Deathbed Memory. We started off as Room 101. I don't know where the fuck that came from. I've heard from. that one I think before. it's a book. It was in a book. Hmm. Anyways, like a lot of teenage bands. You know this band, The, the Bad Sons? No. They're like one of the biggest uh, indie bands right now, rock. And I grew up with the singer, um, and he had a band called Blackout 101. And then they changed like two, three times. But they're like super famous now. But I remember when we were kids, I met so many people in bands with the with 101. It's like it. it's like when you're starting a band. All right, we just need to do one word and then 101. Yeah, <laughs> table 101. Yeah, we suck 101. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> yeah. we we changed like a couple months after to Deathbed Memories, and I was like, oh, that's that's great. I like I really liked it. You know? Yeah. It's like yeah, I remember when I was on my deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, that was a great time. So you were 17 at that time? Yeah, I was about 17. Now, did you? how long did you guys play for? Maybe 16. I was the oldest, too. All, all the other guys were younger. Oh, shit. Younger grades than me. We played for about two years. Um, and what had happened is we were together for a year. We played uh, a show at the Whiskey A Go-Go. Jesus, that's actually pretty impressive. It was cool, dude. Like We didn't play with any big bands. The one big band we played with was Ankla, but I've never, I had never heard of them before that, and I don't think I've heard of them after that. <laughs> but it was cool, man. Like there were people there, and we had friends come to support us, and it, it was my first time like playing on a real stage. And yeah. I mean, that's where like a lot of famous bands have played at Whiskey Go. Yeah, you know? they still play there, and they still play there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we played there. It was cool. I think I dropped my drumstick at one point. But, I, you know, I recovered very quickly. I was advanced at that point. Oh, you know? <laughs> you would advance to the You've pick up another drumstick. You've seen me drop the, stick, the old stickaroo. I've seen them snap. Yeah. You hit the drums really hard, which is why I like, I like your, your drumming yeah. a lot. Fucking yeah. hit it. Fucking smack hard. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it was really cool. And Did you think you were going to have a career in this, like being a drummer at that point? I didn't know. I wanted to. But I was also, you know, months away from going to college. Hmm. So that's where another thing came in. You know, I was the first one to go to college in the band. And I went off to college, and then I was, you know, two hours away from home. 
and it's not possible. Yeah, and then and then you know other kids graduated in it, and I think we played one show after that, the Knitting Factory. I don't even know if it's still around. I'm pretty sure the Knitting Factory still around. It's yeah, it's a cool little venue. Little, they're like underground, but not underground. Yeah, and then our next show after that, we were actually going to play with Throwdown, oh, who okay. I love. Throwdown is a classic hardcore band, and I love them to death. They have very positive lyrics. To my friends, I'll be there for you. Be there for me. <laughs> like, dude, it's fucking great. I love them so much. Positive, heavy music. That's hardcore. Positive, heavy music for the most part. And uh, okay. But, like, I guess uh, one of my friends was in Argentina, or one of my band members, I mean, you know, so we couldn't do it. And that was kind of a bummer. And, yeah, I mean, dude, the... You know, I got into uh, drugs and things like that, and, you know, some of the other band members did too, and we all just kind of fell apart, went to different schools, yeah, things like that. So it just kind of dissolved, you know? Like, my dude, my guitarist now is, like, playing, like, experimental, like, weird soft music. That's, you know? I feel like every, I have a lot of guitar players. <clears throat> he, he, he wears, like, a big hat. He grew out this beard. You know, he looks like he just got off his shift at Urban Outfitters. Oh, You know God. what I mean? Like, yeah, dude, it's crazy how people people change you know mm-hmm. like and here's the thing i listen to everything yeah. i listen to taylor swift man you and me with you and me have sing, a weird obsession with taylor swift i, will si- I, lo- I love taylor yeah, swift yeah don't taylor, taylor, <laughs> taylor i will marry you um, i mean i won't but i'd like to just be a part of everything i mean i will i'd like her to make a song about me i would just like to be involved in her whole process with big machine records and i mean genius. that'd be great too yeah. i mean yeah banger would be cool too but you know right I didn't say that, but I mean, I'd like to marry her. Um, <laughs> I'm not even, you know what, we're going to stop that yeah. one right there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll, I, listen, I listen to Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, I'll listen to uh, anything on the radio that is good. 90s punk. Um, I 2000s love, punk. I love 90s music. Mm-hmm. That's what I grew up to. Yeah. Um, and... The thing I mostly listen to, though, is, is metal. Yeah. Metal is like the genre that I really, I really enjoy and that I play on the drums and the shows that I go to. I go to a lot of shows. Um, so why didn't you bands. ever like after after all after you went to college and like coming back? Like why didn't you ever like try to go for drums again? Like is uh, it, did that just become a hobby after <clears throat> all that? Well, so when I went to college, um, I was in the dorms. Like there was nowhere to play my drums. Okay. You know, then I eventually uh, joined a fraternity, and we had a fraternity house, and I brought I brought the drum set there, and I I rarely played it because I was just drinking the whole time. Yeah. And I tried, did this one time I was drunk at a party, and these girls were like, oh, are those drums? And I was like, yeah, those are my drums. You know? Yeah, those are my drums. <laughs> and I was like, you want to see me play? And then I tried to play, and I couldn't because I was so drunk. I've been there. Very embarrassing. You I've- know. I've Very been drunk and high and tried to play the guitar before, and it was just, it was a mess. Yeah, and I feel like a piece of shit. Well, it's like, I would, I always tell people like if we're if we're if I'm at a party and we're like hanging out or if we're at here partying, I'm like, I'm like I'm drunk and I'm high. I'm not about to play guitar. They're like, oh, dude, I'm like, I wouldn't have gotten fucked up if I had to play guitar for you guys. Like, yeah. this is embarrassing. You for tricked me. me. Yeah. Thank Fuck you. Dirt bags. Dirt bags. So, <laughs> uh, they were at the fraternity house. Never really played them. Um, Anyway, I actually left college to get sober because I had a really bad drinking and drug problem. Mm-hmm. And throughout that whole process, 
uh, I lost, I mean, even through college, I really just lost sight of music and not listening to music, but playing music. Yeah, the passion. I mean, I'll never stop tapping on shit. Like, that's yeah. just something you get. Like, if I'm at your house, I'm tapping. Yeah. But, <clears throat> I mean, it drums are hard because you can't just, like, you know, set them up wherever you want. They're loud. Yeah. You know, and due to everything, I, I just stopped playing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when I moved out here, I didn't have a place to put them. I think I just had him at my parents' house in the garage, and I hadn't played for a while. And then I met some kids that wanted to start a metal band, so I started jamming with them and busted them out. Started playing again, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And then one day, the, the guitarist who, you know, I had the drums at the guitarist's house, who I had the drums at, <clears throat> he goes, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm really thinking about kind of going into more experimental." Of course. More experimental direction. Um, and your drumming isn't really that style, and I'm going to just try something else. And I was like, oh, that's, that's a cool. A shitty way of saying I don't want to play with you anymore. That's cool. Yeah. Because I suck. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, then the, then the drums got packed right back up, back into storage, you know, didn't play for another couple of years. Until I met you, my friend. Yeah, until we met in the gym. Yeah. And here we are. Here we are. 20 feet from the drums right now. You know how we met? How do we meet? Your Metallica tattoo. Your Metallica shirt. My Metallica shirt. I was wearing a Metallica shirt. Yeah. In so the I was gym? like, I was like, oh, you like Metallica? Was I wearing a Metallica shirt in the I'm gym? I'm pretty sure you were, because that's what I remember us talking about. Oh man, I don't know if I would ever wear one of my Metallica shirts to sweat in at the gym. Did you have a Metallica tattoo? I have the one on the back of my shirt. Yeah, but that was after I met you. Was it? Yeah. yeah. I'm yelling. That's all right. Or were you wearing a tank top when I saw it? No, because I got the Metallica tattoo when they released uh, Hardwired. Right, and I knew you then. Yeah. Huh. You were wearing a Metallica shirt. I must have been wearing you were, a Metallica shirt. You were wearing a Metallica shirt. Oh, you shirt. know what? Was it the white I would, one? I would not have talked to you with the black letters. Huh. Is it not white with black letters? It might have been. <laughs> I have a lot of Metallica shirts. Like, what shirt. other color would it be on white? Well, I have the Orion shirt, which is like blue and all these like faded. It's, it's cut off. I eight. swear to God, it was like a, it just said Metallica on it. <laughs> like super basic. It might have just been the Target Metallica shirt. It might be. Yeah. It might be. Metallica just makes everything better, doesn't it? Yeah, so I went up to Hike and I was like, Oh, you like Metallica? Yeah. He's like, yeah, I do like Metallica. I was like, well, that's really cool because I like Metallica too. Yeah, actually, you know what? You know what? One thing that I loved about you is like, I was like, let's jam. And you're like, all right. And then you showed up with all your gear, drums ready to be set up and everything. And I was like, whoa. I was like, I hope for this. I never expect this. I was like, damn, all right, let's do this. <clears throat> Pulled them out of storage. You're like, I'm fucking putting these here, bitch. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it. <clears throat> so I liked, I really, before we, before we finish up here, I want to talk about this because I feel like you're the perfect guy to explain this. I have a really hard time letting people understand this. Everyone always has something to say. I actually, I'm going to start this off with this. I went on a date one time, all right, with this chick. She's cute. She's hot. We went walking on Ventura. It was going really, really well. It was a sure thing. She wanted to hang out later that night, you know. It was it was a great fucking it was a cool date. But we're walking back to the cars, right? And I don't remember how the conversation started. We started talking about music, like bands that we liked. And I was like, Oh, you know, I like everything. I listen to but Metallica's my favorite band, Nine Inch Nails. I also like you know, it's like heavy music. And then Oh my god, this hurts to say. She stops. She goes, "I don't really like any of that like rock or heavy music." I'm like, "Why not?" She's like, "There's just 
too much sound. There's too much going on. It's hard to follow. And it's just, it's too angry. And something about the way she said there's just too much going on, like, I just was instant, like, you need to get the fuck away from me. <clears throat> so I left. But the point being is everyone always has that say, like, it's so angry. Like, oh, it's too angry for me. They're too pissed off and this and that. And I try to tell people, like, it's not... I was like, the whole point of it is like, you know, music is expression. It's being able to relate. It's like there's a lot of people have so much rage and anger in them, you know, it's hard to like, you know, channel that. When you listen to heavy, there you go, thank you. When you listen to heavy music, like it's almost like without doing anything, you're satisfying that rage and anger. It's like peaceful. It's incredibly peaceful to me. So what, I mean, what do you say to people when it's like, oh, it's too angry? Well, A, A, that's a great question. B... (laughs) If I recall that story correctly, after she told you that, she tried to kiss you. <laughs> and you were like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah, yeah. She, didn't you walk back to your car and then she all of a sudden she like started slowly walking back towards date. you? Oh, that was that's a different, different date. One. That date was actually that – was, that was actually the worst date I've ever been on. Okay. That one I was at a brewery and I met up with her and it was really, really weird. We did not click on any level like it's we didn't click we we clicked so little that it was weird just talking to each other and being in the same room together yeah we left and our cars were parked like if we walked out the door my car was all the way to the right and her car was all to the left and i give her a hug i'm like all right bye we said bye we turn around we walk 15 feet like at least to the cars yeah i hear uh (gasps) and i turn around i'm like are you okay she's like uh (laughs) can i give you a kiss goodbye and i'm like what i let her do it and it was the most disgusting thing ever. i think she used to try to eat me She's trying to eat my face. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a bad night. But anyway, back to the question, though. Not how <laughs> okay, bad dates. Thank you for telling that story, though, because I, for I some reason, was associating it with that. With no, that those one. are two different days. But I'm glad these people heard that. Um, <clears throat> a lot of people say they, they don't listen to metal because I don't like when people scream it. It's, it I don't know what they're saying, you know? <laughs> Um, or or or, or ooh, there's there's too much going on and my little brain can't understand what <laughs> what is happening right now. <clears throat> and what I like to tell people is, <clears throat> a you're probably not a musician. It's definitely a musician's. B. You're probably a singer. Because if you can sing, and you hear people going bleh. <laughs> Or pig squeals, you're going to be like, what the fuck is this? You know? Yeah. Or honestly, it's just, uh, you're just not understanding it. Um, I actually, when I first heard death metal, kind of had that that thought. Like death, death metal. When I first heard death metal, it's just like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. Yeah. Um, and I was introduced to this band called Suffocation. And they're... they're they're not technical death metal, but they're almost there. It's like if Dream Theater met death metal. Ooh. They're like geniuses, but playing death metal. Ooh. It's very hard to follow. There's a lot going on, yeah. different time patterns. And they they really got me into death metal because they had they were like groovy and like had a lot of cool stuff going on. And I could really kind of relate to it. The music aspect yeah. and the drummer was fantastic because it wasn't just like the whole time. And they really got me into metal, you know? Yeah. So what what I say to those people is uh, listen to the music. Listen to the music. You know? Just just try try and groove to it and give a little headbang. 
Yeah. You know, don't worry about the lyrics because a lot of times you're not you are not going to understand what they are saying. Well, what's crazy too is like you take a band like Metallica, which you know is you know hard rock now. You can very clearly understand what James is saying, and you know those a lot of those same people will say <clears throat> that uh, like oh that's just too angry, it's too heavy for me, it's too fast. I'm like, like I understand like the screaming stuff. Like I can I can kind of see that where the bridge isn't kind of building for you, but with Metallica or like hard rock or even like Zeppelin, sometimes people are like. I don't listen to that. And I genuinely think that people are so withered inside. They have like no drive and no like, not even drive, just no oomph to them that it's just unappealing, that it doesn't make sense. Because like that kind of music, it's like why did hip-hop do so great? Why did rap and those fat fucking bass beats do so well? Because that low frequency, yep. that grooves, fucking hits your body like a goddamn brick wall. That's right. Metal does the same shit with those with that double bass, with that heavy guitar riff. And when, when you're at... Oh, a live? concert live, oh, and yeah. that double bass is just fucking rattling your soul. It's one of the most satisfied feelings in the whole world. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like I genuinely think like a lot of people that don't like the heavy metal aren't gonna like like hip hop or rap. There's just there's a there's an extremeness to it that like it rips out a certain part of like the human experience that you have to have gone there. You have to, you have to experience something to feel that extreme. <clears throat> Yeah, that's true. And then there's the whole generational thing, too. Yeah. You know, like, people from the 50s are not going to be listening to metal. There are exceptions, but, you know, yeah. back then they were listening to music that, like, was just singing. Yeah. With, like, maybe a guitar in the background and a banjo, you know? Well, pop stuff, at least. I mean, there's... It's always... There's, I mean, the big thing was jazz. I mean, the 40s was, like, the jazz scene. And then fucking... Yeah. <laughs> And you got like Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden. I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, oh man, I love Black Sabbath so much. So yeah, I can't just, even begin to tell you how much I love Black Sabbath. They just really revolutionize everything. Master of Reality is one of the most important musical experiences in the history of music. What's crazy is I have a lot of respect for <clears throat> older music like that, mm-hmm. like Zeppelin and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't really enjoy listening to it. Interesting. Yeah. Is it just because it doesn't? I mean, it doesn't groove as hard, or is it just not heavy enough? Is it not? Is it the quality not good enough? Every, all of the above. Like the the drumming is just very mediocre. E- Zeppelin, know? even. I mean, Zeppelin. I mean, that that's some of the that that drumming wasn't matched for years. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. But you know, we are so progressive. Yeah. You know. Okay. Like, dude, there's just better and better drummers every day. Do I listen to Zeppelin and like every new day. new things are done all the time and. You know, it just, it just, it's, it's not that I don't like it. It just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. It doesn't do it for my brain, for my ears, you okay. know? I know. I, I feel you. Like, I don't, I don't choose to listen to it. If it's on, it's great, you know? Yeah. Stairway to Heaven, fuck yeah, you know? But, uh. I think the greatest song ever written in the history of music, the perfect song is Achilles' Last Stand by Led Zeppelin. It's the greatest song ever. Now, see, here's, here's another thing. I don't. I'm not familiar with that song. I'm going to rip so, your so, fucking. So, so because off. I've never heard it, yeah, I can't. I can't judge. You know, like it's one of those things. Like sometimes you've never just gotten into something because you haven't had enough exposure to it. Yeah, absolutely. And I would like to tie that in with uh, a little movie called John Wick. Oh my um, God! I'm so happy. We need to real quick. We're gonna we're gonna dive into John Wick. So <clears throat> a, a huge issue I have with the problem with me and Led Zeppelin and with America <laughs> is this week Hagen and I went to see John Wick 3 and I was so excited about this movie I'm literally telling everyone I'm going to see John Wick 3 
Are you excited? It's a fucking lifetime event. Yeah, and and more than half the people looked at me with dead serious, straight face, what's John Wick? And I wanted to rip their fucking throat out. <laughs> How do you not know what John Wick is? Yeah, greatest you action know? movie ever. But I feel like it's these, you know, same thing with me and Zeppelin, like, they were they have not been exposed yeah. to Mr. Wick. To Mr. Wick. <laughs> and... It's like I am like forcing this movie down people's throats. I was, As you should I, was be. I was telling people I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sit you down, I'm gonna tape your eyelids open, and you're gonna watch John Wick One. You know? Like I'm gonna force you to watch this movie. Yeah. That's how much I love this movie and I how important it is to me and you know, I want everyone in the world to see it. Yeah. So Haig and I went to see it uh on Thursday, opening day, because it's one of the greatest movies, uh series of all time. Yeah. And what did we do? We got pizza first. We got a horrible amount of pizza. We got a disgusting, a amount. disgusting amount. Well, of pizza. I got a disgusting amount. You guys were pretty logical with your choices. Yeah, I got. I got we excited. got one slice, but the slice is probably equivalent to at least four to five slices. Yeah, it's like a jumbo slice. And then I got the meat lovers one. And I got two. One uh, was, wow. Excuse me. <laughs> one was covered with meat. Yeah. Every you couldn't even see the cheese. Yeah, it was. It was just a. It was like a triangle mound of meat. So. We were ordering the pizza, mm-hmm. and I was the first one up. I just want to throw this out there. If anybody out, like, if anybody knows Eric personally, I hope you guys all get to know this man personally. You can travel the world meeting people. Um, <laughs> if you ever have questions about food and where the best place to go for any specific thing, this guy, he's the guy. I feel like you should become a food critic. I'm a professional fat kid over here. But you're in great shape. At heart. At heart. At yeah. heart, yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Anyway, continue, continue. You're I'm a little fat, but whatever. So, what? <laughs> the, the point of the, uh, <laughs> too many thoughts. Breathe. Breathe. <laughs> We're ordering pizza. I'm the first one at the register. This young girl comes up to take our order. I uh, was asking her if she had any deals. With our local gym, which is right next door, because they usually do some sort of deal thing. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm getting, if I'm getting a little combo meal, what's going on here. And I kept going back and forth on what I was going to get, and I think I ended up just getting a slice of pizza. And they had like a, a full slice and like a half slice. And I can't remember what I said. Talking about her laugh? Right, but what made her laugh? What was the joke? Oh, I don't remember. You said something quick and quick and snappy. Yeah, I, I, I got her. I got her good. Well, she right? was like the very soft-spoken, quiet girl, and then she started screaming like, "No, no, no. Ah! <laughs> yeah." So I, what I'm trying to lead up to is what I said to her to get her to make that fucking alarmingly uh, dumber and dumber laugh noise <laughs> that we experienced. Um, I had to look away. I, I kind of was just like roasting her. Yeah, and then. Uh, it was something about uh, I said something rude to someone, and then I realized they were back there making my pizza, and I was like, "Don't spit in my pizza." Yeah. And then she's like, super loud, and then she brought it Wait, back. One more time. What was that? <laughs> she just brought it back real quick, though. And then I'm like, okay, anything else? Yeah, like nothing and, happened. And Hyg and I were fucking dying. I had, I inside. looked away. We had to. I we had to away. like. We had to like really compose ourselves. That was because then they really would have spit in our pizza. Was it was a great intro to John Wick because yeah. That was just an incredible movie. And yeah, so we saw the movie and we You know, were, that's who we need to get on this fucking podcast. We need to get Keanu Reeves. 
Yep. Oh, everyone, yeah. Everyone listening with a Twitter, an Instagram, a Facebook, anything, everyone go to Keanu Reeves and tag him and tell him he needs to come on the Studio Corner podcast right now. Yeah, I mean, Keanu's like a humble enough guy to maybe fulfill our request. You know? I feel like him. I feel like we could get really deep with him too. Like I don't want to talk about all the promotional stuff. And like oh, all he doesn't like that. Like he I don't give like a that. shit. No, like, we'll, I'm we'll, enjoying it. You've done it. Like I'm enjoying it. Yeah, You're phenomenal. We'll just talk about Keanu. Let's get deep. Yeah, Keanu, come on and get deep with us. Yeah, and then maybe we'll talk about John Wick Four. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric, I uh, appreciate you coming back on. I look forward to having you on a lot more. Well, the, you appreciate me for coming on to you. That's true. I appreciate and you coming po- on to me and in to the your gym. podcast. Coming next, on, yeah. next next time I will be coming back on. Coming back on, yes. <laughs> but since I've already been here, it's like it's like I'm coming back on anyway. <laughs> what would I do without you? You're a spectacular. Uh, what would I do without you? Probably the same shit. <laughs> <laughs> Just not have to explain things as much to people. Right. Like, don't worry, he's not crazy. He's, yeah, you know, he's he's fine. He'll be okay. I think I think it was you who described me as the world's cutest psychopath. Is that? Is that a true statement? World's cutest psychopath? Yeah. Sounds like something I would say. I feel like you did. Yeah, probably. Okay. I believe it. That's why I should be aware of that. Well, this has been the Studio Corner with Eric Schneeman. Schnizzlebit. Schnizzlebit Schneiz. A lot of like, a lot of nicknames. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. Peace out. Bye.